Cause I got a really big team And they need some really big rings They need some really nice things Better be coming with no strings Better be coming with Good evening fellow savages This is your host Levi at the Levi Surf on Twitter Welcome to episode 5 of the Savage Process Podcast Tonight we are going to be talking primarily DFS So if that is not your bag Go ahead and turn this baby off because that's what we're going to be primarily talking about tonight. Had a few questions about that. Actually had a lot of questions about it, probably because I kicked ass this week. A little humble brag, but it was a very good week in DraftKings. Even though, despite the fact I pumped the tires on uh, Carr and Cooper, I kind of shied away from them. I did have them in one lineup. That lineup actually didn't cash too well, but we'll talk strategy and what I did and didn't do and what works and kind of my whole thought process through all of it. So we'll talk about that savage process. Before we get started, we're going to get a little baseball update. Trevor Story, my boy, came back on Monday night, had a pretty good night. I believe he was two for three or two for four. Um, either way, they won on Monday night, half came out of the wild card, game and a half out of winning the West. So Lots of uh, baseball, reality baseball for me. My fantasy baseball team was bitten by the injury bug a couple weeks ago, so we lost in the first round of the playoffs there. But uh, rest in peace, fantasy baseball. Let's go Rockies. I think the Cardinals were losing at the time of this podcast, so hopefully they lose. The Rockies slip their way into that wild card spot. But, hey, I want the whole thing, baby. I want to beat the Dodgers. I want to be first in the West Anyways, we're not here for fantasy baseball talk or baseball talk in general, but you did have to know about Trevor Story because he is my guy. All right, football. So here we are. Week four. We're just going to talk a little bit about waiver wire pickups. Not a hell of a lot to get into here this week, although Calvin Ridley is a name that you're going to hear a lot about tonight. That guy helped me out really well in DraftKings. He was a guy that I drafted in my 16-team league, and I ended up cutting early on, and now my buddy has him, so yeah, Kelvin Ridley, it was nice knowing you. I'm sorry you were my first cut, but hey, at least I kept you there for John Ross. Hey, way to go, Levi. Good one. Uh, John Ross has been replaced by Tyler Boyd. Pretty pretty sure of that, even after A.J. Green got hurt during that game. But I do want to talk a couple waiver wire pickups for you guys here before we get into a bunch of uh, DFS. First thing I want to talk about is a guy that may or may not be out there, and that's Sterling Shepard for the Giants. Uh, Evan Ingram got hurt during that game, which is probably why Red Ellison got in the in the box there on that one. But Sterling Shepard's a guy you're going to want to watch for the Giants. He's uh, Odell Beckham's handyman. Um, he does actually give him handies. He actually called me and told me that. So I'm sorry, Sterling Shepard, but uh, I did just out you about giving handies to OBJ. Anyways, he's a guy you're going to want to see if he's available out there. He's going to have an uptick in targets. Um, should have a nice week coming up here in the Dome against the Falcons. I'm just going to look at his snap count here and what what he kind of did last week real quick. Uh, let's see. Sterling Shepard on the field for 95% of the snaps. Seven targets, six catches, 80 yards, and he did get a touchdown. So just keep your eye on him. He's a guy you're going to want to watch. Evan Ingram, like I said, got hurt early on in that game, only in on 21% of the snaps. Red Ellison is a guy that three catches, 39 yards, three targets. Maybe he's a guy that, you know, is available for you. Guy we're definitely going to want to look at him daily this week. 
So keep your eyes out for Red Ellison. He's no Evan Ingram. That dude is a beast, but he's hurt right now. So you know what they say, availability is the only way you're going to stay on the field. So Evan Ingram's not there. Sterling Shepard will be there. So Sterling Shepard's a guy to be looking at on the waiver wire if he's out there. Uh, Calvin Ridley, you're going to hear a lot once again about him. He's a guy, three touchdowns, 143 yards, blah, 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 blah. I think he has moved beyond uh, Muhammad Sanu at this point. Muhammad Sanu, probably worth a drop in your league unless you're in a really deep league. But there's no reason to keep Muhammad Sanu, in my opinion. I wouldn't even I wouldn't have drafted him to start with. But Calvin Ridley's a guy, if you can get your hands on him, if he's out there, I'm going all in. Um, push your chips into the middle of the table. Do what you got to do to get this guy because he is going to be something special. And, you know, for as much as Juju has done to Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, I think Calvin really is doing the same in, in Atlanta. So he's a guy that I definitely want to push all in for. Uh, let's see. I want to look at Calvin Ridley's snap total first before we, keep, before we get into DFS. Uh, let's see. Calvin Ridley, he did. Go ahead, computer. Go ahead and switch that over. Or don't, I don't care. Uh, there we are. Calvin Ridley, he was in on 62% of the stats, but eight targets, 155 yards, eight catches, caught all of them three times in the box um, versus Julio Jones, who only had five catches on six targets. Julio Jones on the field for 79%. Mohamed Sanu, who I'm safely saying you can drop 87% of the snaps, and Calvin Ridley, 62% of the snaps. So Calvin Ridley, a guy I'd keep my eye on. Another guy, kind of kind of a really deep sleeper, and I don't even know if he's going to have availability this year, but once Tim and Tevin Coleman gets to free agency next year, a guy that you might want is Edo Smith. I'm telling you that now. It's only week four, but he's a guy to keep an eye on, especially if uh, Freeman's going to stay out. Didn't really do a lot this week. Uh, four targets, five, five touches, so that could be running or catching. 35 yards. Uh, only in 15% of the staff. So he kind of spelled Coleman a lot, but he does. I mean, when he runs, if you've seen, he's kind of a littler guy. But, man, he does buck it up in there. So he's a guy that, if you know, if you play Dynasty or you're in one of those deep 16-team leagues, Edo Smith is a guy you can probably throw on a buck on, stash for some cash or stash for some trades or whatever you want to do. But Edo Smith's a guy that I would look at on that team, too, if you're not going to go in on Kelvin Ridley. But definitely go in on Kelvin Ridley. He's, he's a real deal. Uh, probably the high, most highly touted receiver coming out of college last year. Played for Alabama, which, whoa, that's weird. Sarkeesian, who is the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, had a year or two of uh, Calvin Ridley in Alabama. So just keep that in mind, that when you're looking at Calvin Ridley, go all in on that guy if you can. <clears throat> um, let's talk a little bit about the Cardinals situation. Larry Fitzgerald, man, was... God awful. Everybody on that team is just horseshit right now. I, I don't know how anybody can invest in them. I mean, from a they're up fourteen nothing on the Bears, and I I don't even know how the Bears ended up squeaking that game out. Uh, probably because some Khalil Mack guy. But I'm over him. We broke up. We're uh, I'm I'm over him. I'm telling you, I'm over him. Um, but the Bears only beat the Cardinals sixteen to fourteen. So I don't know if the Bears are ready to take that next step. As we talked last week, Trubisky is god awful. I'm not sure that Josh Rosen is any better for the Cardinals. But Larry Fitzgerald, man, two targets, two catches, nine yards. I don't even know if you can trade this guy. I wouldn't drop him, but you can't trade him. So what do you want to do? If you want to stay invested in this juggernaut Cardinals offense, 
you can go for my boy Christian Kirk, receiver out of Texas A&M, who had eight targets, seven catches, 90 yards on the field for 74% of the snaps. You do not want the second receiver in this offense, Chad Williams, uh, who played in 86% of the snaps. And you're thinking, wow, this guy must be pretty good. He was out there 86% of the time. Wrong answer, friends. Uh, four targets, one catch for eight yards. This is the guy who is opposite of Larry Fitzgerald, who for some reason sucks. Oh, why does he suck? Because he plays with the Cardinals, who only gave David Johnson 16 touches last week. But David Johnson caught a touchdown early on, so that may have saved your day. Long story short, or short story long, stay away from the Cardinals. Let's talk about the 49ers, baby. What has happened there? Jimmy GQ, what are you doing? Running around like a crazy man, getting hurt. Jimmy GQ out for the year. In comes our hero, C.J. Beathard. C.J. Beathard, well, he was a third-round pick. Niners traded up to get him, and he's going to start. Don't worry about Colin Kaepernick coming there. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Nobody's going to go get Colin Kaepernick. I don't even know if you want C.J. Beathard, but hey, here we are. C.J. Beathard time is officially amongst us 49er faithful. It's time to get buck wild with that guy. Actually, don't. Uh, pump the brakes. Their offense wasn't that good to start with, um, although they did almost, they damn near came back and beat the Chiefs. For, I mean, Chiefs are just shit in the second half. I don't know what happened to them, what happens to them, but I suppose when you're up 35-7 to seven at halftime, you really just kind of mail it in and, Try not to get yourselves killed out there, uh, which can happen. So as long as we're talking about the Chiefs, let's talk Kareem Hunt. That guy has, for some dumb reason, become touchdown dependent. Granted, he has three touchdowns in the last two games, but I don't know what's happened to him. He is just ridiculously touchdown dependent. Like I said last week, the Pat Mahomes thing isn't going to last forever. We saw Tyreek Hill's down game this week. Um, they do play in Denver this week. I They're going to kill Denver. There's no doubt in my mind. Just like there's no doubt in my mind, the Bills are going to kill the Vikings, right? We saw how that worked out. But I did remember telling you guys last week, just something didn't smell right about that Vikings game. And I don't know if it's just because I've seen enough of their nonsense or just knowing Dalvin Cook was going to be out and you just can't really trust Latavius Murray 100%. But something just didn't smell right. So I just... I, of course, I took the Vikings in Survivor, and now I'm out everywhere, but whatever. That's fine. But what else did I tell you guys? Keep your eye on Josh Allen. I think out of the big four quarterbacks, and you know that includes Baker Mayfield and Sam Darrell, Josh Rosen, and then uh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen was my favorite out of all those guys. Uh, bigger guy, better pedigree. Uh, as you can see, this dude ain't scared to put his dick out and get it over the end zone, so... I love that kind of guy that just gritty. You can tell it's a lot like Baker Mayfield, really. You can just tell guys rally around him. So I love those kind of guys that just spark up the whole team. Josh Rosen comes in in the fourth quarter of the Cardinals game, and I don't even think half the Cardinals even knew what happened, man. I don't. I don't think they understood what. I, I don't think they actually cared. Is what I what I think happens with them. They don't actually give a shit. They they'd rather be out partying at ASU. I think at this point. But anyways, uh, Josh Allen is a guy that I think that if he's out there, I don't know if you want to go screaming for him right now because, I mean, after all, it is the Bills, and I don't know how they beat the Vikings. I don't think anybody still does. But um, 
Josh Allen is my favorite out of those four. I'll, I'm telling you that, and if I die on the Josh Allen Hill, so be it. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is the Rams' defense and special teams. Now, they lost. They will not have on Thursday night. They will not have Tlaib, and they will not have Marcus Peters, um, just so you know. So that's a very winnable game for the Vikings, but who knows? The Vikings couldn't beat the Bills, but I think it's a very winnable game for the Vikings. Um the Rams, without those two, can be thrown on, and Phillip Rivers proved that last week with another one of my favorite receivers in the NFL, Mike Williams. And if you don't know who Mike Williams is, he's the third guy, going to be the second guy, damn near the first option in San Diego. But he's a bigger dude, much like uh, Keenan Allen, just a big beast. And I think the Tyrone Williams experiment is gone. Or the, I'm sorry, not Tyrone, but Tyrell Williams experiment is gone, and in San Diego. So Mike Williams is a guy I'm telling you about right now. If he's if he's available, go get him because this dude is a monster and I mean, Calvin Ridley's smallish and he's very shifty, but Mike Williams is just like the Keenan Allen, Mike Evans type. Throw the ball in his vicinity and he's going to get his big old paws on that and pull it in. So if you guys, you know, want a guy that maybe not everybody's on this week cuz they played the Rams and the numbers don't really add up, it's it's a guy like Mike Williams too. Um, so the Rams defense special teams, I'm not saying they're droppable, but just temper your expectations a little bit, uh, just because they're missing the big, the big corners. And that was a lot of what they did is they had those cornerbacks and you couldn't really throw on them. But now without their corners, maybe just maybe the Rams can be had. Dun, dun, dun. All right. The next person available that you might want to take a look at, and he's probably out there. But is a guy that I loved in the preseason, local kid, uh, Dallas Goddard uh, from SDSU. He's a jackrabbit. I know all you buys and butt fuckers out there are going to be like, oh, he's a jackrabbit, what? But trust me, this guy is as polished and as good as they, as they come. Um, seven catches for 70 yards, and he did get in the box. He's a guy that I did love a lot last week in DFS. Ultimately went with uh, Austin Hooper. Wish I would have stuck with Dallas Goddard, but hey, if, if some butts were candies and nuts, it'd be Christmas year-round over here, but uh, that's the way it goes. So I, uh, Dallas Goddard, I just want to bring up his snap percentage because I he's going to take over Ertz. Ertz is going to get hurt at some point. It happens. All right, well, maybe he is not going to take over Ertz, who played 99% of the snaps, but, but third and snap count. Now, granted, the Eagles were down a couple receivers. Third and snap count behind Nelson Aguilar was Dallas Goddard. Seven targets, seven catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Ertz had 10 targets, five catches, 73 yards. So, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz is looking his way. So, you know, like somebody at the club, you got to start looking this guy's way. I think he's a, he's a specimen, and they use two tight ends. Remember, Trey Burton was there last year, and Trey Burton is just ripping it up for the Bears right now, primarily because Trubisky sucks, but... Dallas Goddard's another name that keep an eye on. I know it's early. He's going to be available and, you know, do what you want with him. But he's a guy that you need to look at right now because if you're not on it now, he's going to have another game where he's going to go off or Zach Ertz is going to get hurt. And then it's going to be the Dallas Goddard show. And you're like, God damn, that Levi, he sure knows what he's talking about. He'll say those exact words, I promise you. Um, let's see, that backfield situation is kind of murky. Ajayi didn't play last week. Speaking of Philly's backfield, Ajayi didn't play last week, so that's something to keep your eye on, too, going forward. Smallwood was the guy who did most of the damage, although Clement didn't have a bad day. He just 
he didn't do what small. Well, actually, I don't know. It's about a horse apiece. I don't know why you're really investing in that backfield anyway. It's all about the passing game for them. Ajay is okay. They use him kind of like they did with Legarrette Blount, just to hammer games away if they're up big enough. So, and I and I get that. That's what you want him for. <clears throat> All right, so that's pretty much it for uh, for guys in that I look at for the free agency. We kind of touched on a lot of them. You know, just to recap, Sterling Shepard is the guy you want. Christian Kirk's a guy to look at. Dallas Goddard, temperature expectations on the Rams defense. Uh, Sammy Watkins is another guy that may or may not be available. I don't know, don't really care, but he's actually been playing pretty well lately. So just kind of keep your eye on him. It seems like with the Chiefs, one guy goes off and one guy is quiet. So just keep that in mind. Kelsey was the guy that went off this week. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will talk a shitload of DFS. So be ready for that. Once again, I am at the Levi Surf on Twitter. All right, and we're back. We are going to talk a little bit of, actually a lot of bit of DFS. Like I said, uh, humble brag, I did have a good weekend, but the Savage process is really about DFS. Yeah, seasonal's fun and all that other happy shit, but really, I put enough work in to want to be paid that night. And I know that sounds maybe a little bit pretentious, but I really put the time in and I study this shit like a maniac. And don't ask me why, but I love it. Um, and one thing I hate about seasonal is putting in the effort for a win. Nothing pisses me off more than that. I would rather lose every week in seasonal than lose my ass in daily just because of the amount of preparation that goes into it. Um, yeah, it sucks when I have a shitty ass daily week but yet I crush in my seasonal because I can take a loss in seasonal fine. I know there's, you know, 14, 15 other weeks of that crap, but in daily it's just crushing. And yeah, I know there's new week is a new time to make money, blah, blah, blah. Don't give a shit about that. Um, like I said, I, I work my ass off to know what the hell is going on every Sunday on these teams. And it sucks when I lose in daily. Like I said, seasonal, there's a lot of variance. I can't help who I get. You know, guys draft. In a, you know, like I have a Tom Brady this week who goes out and throws a fucking touchdown. I don't, you know, who you got Kirk Cousins who I could have damn near outproduced this week. I mean, shit like that happens. Um, yeah, they were decent plays in daily. I wouldn't have, I was not going to do that just because they're so price indicative. But let's talk about, a little bit about daily. So, if you don't know what daily is, daily is basically one week football. You put an X amount of dollars on a particular contest, which we'll try to get into here a little bit. And then based on how that contest pays out, you either win or lose. Okay, that's the gist of it. There's no waiting around for guys in your league that, oh, I don't know, I was expecting to win this year and I can't come up with the $100 entry fee because I'm in the same league as Levi and he happened to kick my ass. I thought I was going to win. I don't have to deal with that kind of shit in daily. I put in my money, uh, put my nuts up on the table, and either I win or I don't. It's it's pretty cut and dry. Sometimes I lose. I don't always win because if I always won, well, they wouldn't offer such a service um, because who would actually do that? It's like playing blackjack. You sit down, you think they offer those 
cards because you're guaranteed to win. No, they offer it because the house is bound to kick your ass, right? All right, same thing with daily. I don't win every week. Last week was a good week. Week one was a good week. Week two, eh, not so good. But I more than made up for it a week three. So we're on to week four. So let's talk a little bit about the slate uh, and some strategies that I use. So a lot of people ask, like, well, what's your secret? How do you know all this stuff? Well, maybe we should back up and forget the research part of it. Let's talk about contest selection. So I, I cannot stress enough how important contest selection is, okay? And what do you mean by that, Levi? What do you mean by contest selection? There's a... I see I go on to DraftKings and there's a chance that I can win a million dollars for only a $10 lottery ticket. I want you to understand what I just told you. Lottery ticket. Now your odds are significantly better winning this than the lottery, but it's a damn lottery ticket. So for $10, you can enter a contest with 470,500 of your closest friends. Okay. Let me tell you this. You are not winning that contest. Get that out of your head right now. Now, that being said, is it worth throwing a $10 bullet on it? Say you're a Hey, say you're a Cardinals fan, all right? And you've got $10. I would do what's called a stack, okay? I would stack Josh Rosen, I would stack DJ, and I would stack probably Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. That's what's called a stack. You're taking a group of players from a select team, most stacks are what you're going to be referred to as three-man stacks, two-man stacks, or four-man stacks. I read an article, uh, and I'll tell you where I read it. I read it on Roto Grinders. I hate to give away plugs, and I'm not giving away any secrets. I'm just telling you where I get the information, okay? So I read it. I read it on there that 40% of winning lineups, so as close, not fairly close to half, have a quarterback and wide receiver on the same team. So if you're planning to win, you want to pair a quarterback with a receiver on your team. So last week for me, I paired Matt Ryan with Calvin Ridley. And yes, I had Austin Hooper. So I had Matt Ryan uh, in a couple spots. Now Matt Ryan goes and throws for five touchdowns, three of which go to Calvin Ridley. Now, you're probably going to ask yourself, well, why didn't you stack up, you know, Sanu? And I don't remember who the other person was that got in the box. It's not really relevant. So why didn't I stack up Sanu? I know it wasn't Julio Jones. Um, well, first of all, like I mentioned in our seasonal talk, I, I don't, I don't usually play a Mohamed Sanu, especially with Calvin Ridley in town. I just won't play him. Um, I the writing was on the wall kind of in week two that Calvin Ridley was going to slip into that spot. Sanu just doesn't get the targets that I, I like and. Stuff like that. Now I'll tell you where to find all this stuff. It's no secret because you still have to put the guys in. You still have to figure out a salary cap. So what I like, where I like to look is a website called rosterwatch.com. Um, it is by far my favorite site simply because it gives me the two or three things I look at the most. Snap percentages. How often is a guy on the field? Targets. How often is the ball being thrown his way and touches? Is it being handed to him or is he catching it? Okay, so those are three very important stats. I don't, yeah, the yardage and the touchdowns are great. Love it. Okay, that's that's great. But I want to know how often is this dude on the field. If I'm looking at a guy on DraftKings who's got a salary of, say, $3,000, which is the bare minimum, save for the tight end position, and he's only playing 6% of the snaps, well, I'm probably not going to play that guy. Okay, I want to look for a guy that's going to be on the field 
at least 50 to 60% of the time, depending on the price. Okay, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins plays 100% of the snaps. Well, he's also $8,800 or $7,800 most weeks. Now, this is a $50,000 cap. So he's a guy that is super expensive. Okay, you just got to be smart. You've got a $50,000 cap, and you've got to fit, I think it's eight or nine players or eight players in a defensive special team in this cap of $50,000. All right, so you can't just hey, I'm going to go line up uh, Aaron Rodgers and Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara and Antonio Brown and Julio and DeAndre, and I'm going to beat everybody. That's not how it works. They all cost X amount of dollars, and you've got to fit them in under this salary cap, which is one of the reasons I love it, because it takes it doesn't take the randomness out, but you can't just go and stack a team like you can in auction seasonal league. For example, I have a very stacked auction league, or auction league team uh, that happened to lose this week because of you, Tom Brady, you jerk, but... Anyways, you can't just go in and stack a team. You got to have a guy that's low priced, or you got to have a couple of guys that are low priced, depending on how you want to make your build. Um, so just keep that in mind. You got to look at snap percentages. Um, on roster watches, where I primarily get this information, it costs $1.99 a month, but it is worth every red cent. Okay. The next thing I want to look at is when I'm building my lineups, is I want to look at player props. So what? So if I see a, and these can all be found on Roster Watch on Friday night into Saturday all the way up until noon kickoff. Okay, so they start coming out with these prop bets, and if you don't know what a prop bet is, that that means if you if you've got if you have a guy that has a touch chance of getting a touchdown at negative two twenty five, which Alvin Kamara is just about every week, that means I have to walk my happy ass up to the cashier at the casino and say, here's a hundred, here's two hundred and twenty five dollars. If Alva Kamara gets a touchdown, I get that $225 back plus $100. Okay, so you want guys that are negative odds to get into the end zone. For example, uh, another guy I looked at this week was uh, Latavius Murray, who busted my ass. Okay, he was probably the reason I lost this week. Or I, I shouldn't say lost, but he was a reason. He probably kept me short of $250,000 because he was such a bust. Okay. But he had a touchdown prop of negative 135. Pretty good odds, right? I mean, not Alvin Kamara odds and not Todd Gurley odds, but oh, there's, a, there's a pretty good chance that this guy's going to score, and he doesn't. Fine, whatever. But he was one of the reasons I played him because I did like his odds to get a touchdown. There's also bets on how many rushing yards that Vegas thinks a guy's going to get, how many receiving yards a guy's going to get, how many catches a guy's going to get. So I look at all those things like what you know what are the what are the predicted catches there are, is Vegas predicting this guy as an over under of five or less catch or uh, five catches is there an over under of nine catches I mean if there's an over under of nine catches typically like there is with uh, you know a guy like Christian McCaffrey that's a guy I probably want to target his price is usually in the mid mid five thousands sometimes it gets up there to the mid six thousands but he's a guy you can comfortably look at. So that's just little things I look at. There's a lot of other things that go into this. Like, you know, um, do these guys cover the running back well? Do they cover the tight end well? How are they ranked against certain positions? Some of that stuff I don't really read into, especially, you know, um, with a team like the Raiders. They suck all around, so you can start out whoever you want against the Raiders. Now, you got wide receivers versus Rams, and this applies to seasonal too. You know, say for this week, you're pretty much going to stay away from wide receivers who play the Rams. 
you're going to stay away from, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, why Julio Jones had a bad game, a guy like Marcus Lattimore, who's a stud cornerback. You know, you're going to stay away from guys like that. So there's more to it than just knowing stat percentages and stat counts and prop bets and all that stuff. Um, and it's all out there, but the, the main site that I use, and I, I hate to keep giving them a plug because they're not obviously giving me one, is Roster Watch. So if you got an extra dollar ninety nine a month laying around, it's well worth the price of admission. But that's where I usually start my research, and that's where I get the numbers I give you guys about how often guys are on the field. I get that from rosterwatch.com. Okay, so the other so we talked about a little bit about player builds. I want to go back a little bit to contest selection. Do not spend a shit ton of money chasing the millionaire maker, okay? Yes, it typically is twenty dollars to get in this week and probably going forward if they fill it, it's gonna be ten dollars to get in. Do not chase that. If you want to put a hundred bucks on it, that's probably fine. But you gotta realize they the payout is ridiculously top heavy. So if you win first in that, you get a million dollars. Great. If you get second, you get a hundred and fifty thousand dollars now that's nothing to balk at but you're not getting second either in fact you're probably not even getting in the top i would say you don't even finish in the top you don't even finish top 100 and that's a thousand dollars so for ten dollars you get a thousand dollars i would in fact i will bet any of you your entry fees for this week that you will not finish in the top 100th of that millionaire maker remember you have to come in 100th place or better out of 470,000 people. All right, not happening. So you're so you're listening to this and you're saying, "Well, God, well, what the hell do I play there?" Listen, put a put an entry or two in there. Hell, put 10 entries in there for 100 bucks. Fine, I get it. But the contest that you really want to focus on, especially if you're new or you're not quite sure, you haven't really been having luck. You want to focus on two things, and they're called what's referred to as cash games. Head-to-head, head-to-head, so me versus you, same salary cap, head-to-head, or what's called a 50-50. That means 50% of the field wins money, the other 50% loses, okay? So the 50-50 that I like to play, I like to play, this, I like to play the 50-50 that costs $25 to enter, and that costs ten dollars to enter, and that costs five dollars to enter. Now remember, my lineup doesn't have to finish first; it only has to do better than half the field. So if you can win those two events, well, you've you've made fifty dollars. You've doubled your money in each event. Okay, so focus on that first. Focus on playing fifty fifties and head to head. Now the next thing is is once you've got your lineup set, and those are what's referred to as cash game lineups. They're generally safer lineups. They're not taking a chance on, remember how we talk stacking. You're not going to stack a weak team versus a really good opponent. Like, you're not going to go out and stack, say, you know, like last week, for example, you're not going to go out and stack Chargers against the Rams. The Rams are really good defensively. The chances of the Chargers going off, slim to none, uh, kind of came to fruition. You also want to look at, you know, you also want to look at game trolls. So go onto your computer and go to you know a site called like donbest.com. They have Vegas odds of projected scoring. So you want to look at games with high totals. You want games that with 50 or over. And that will really help you narrow down the player pool. So like last week, 
you know, on the on the 13 game, what we'll refer to as the main slate where the millionaire maker is and all that good stuff, there was the Falcons and the Saints had a total of 50, um, and the Chiefs and 49ers had a total of 50. So you got to be really careful when you're looking at that those over-unders. You want to target games with high totals. Do not target games that involve Dallas or Seattle, which they played each other last week. They're typically going to be in the mid-40s. You don't want a game that's grinded out because Dak Prescott sucks. Because he's going to turn around and they're going to hand it to Ezekiel Elliott 500 times. Not saying you don't want to play Ezekiel Elliott ever. You just got to be very, very careful about that kind of stuff because you do not want to run into a game with a low total. So another thing to look at is, okay, who's got a high game total? The Steelers and Buccaneers last night had a 50-plus total. It came to fruition, fireworks all over the place, uh, you know, outside the Steelers on the second half, but still lots of lots of touchdowns being scored. So you've got to look at that kind of stuff. How are the totals, okay? So once you've gathered all that information, then you look at the contest selection. Okay, so now you've built this lineup with like primarily guys from four to five games, probably two to three games. Okay, don't waste your time on games that don't have a high total. For example, Oakland and Cleveland. Yeah, you might want to play Baker Mayfield this week because he's dirt cheap at 5,300. And you probably want to pair him with Jarvis Landry. Outside of that, you don't need anybody else in that game. You don't need Carlos Hyde. You don't need Derek Carr. You don't need Amari Cooper. Just stay off of that game. And the only reason I'm even suggesting that game is because Baker Mayfield is ridiculously priced. The dude will run. And, hey, the Browns are hot fire. Everybody's buying in, right? So that's a game that you probably can safely grab a quarterback from. Outside of that, I wouldn't grab anybody, okay? So look at the high totals. Uh, let's see. What else do you want to look at? Okay, so you've got... You've got those games narrowed down with high totals. Now you want to look at, you've made this great cash game lineup. Now you kind of start want to start looking at, okay, should I put this into tournament? The answer is yes, you always, always, always put your cash game into at least one tournament. And what do I mean by tournaments? Well, the Millionaire Maker with 470,000 people in it, that's a tournament. They're going to be referred to as large field tournaments or GPPs. Um, which stands for, um, oh, I can't even remember, oh, Guaranteed Prize Pool. So the, it's called a, G, a GPP, which is a Guaranteed Prize Pool. What I look for is I look for GPPs or tournaments that say buy in $100, three entry max, or $100, one entry, 300 or whatever, X amount of money, three entry max. Those are the type of tournaments you really want to focus on because guys – tend to play a little bit close to their vest. So you're not going to you're not going to see you're not well you might see it, but typically you're not going to see a bunch of random teams stacked up rolling out there. You're just not going to see, you know, you're probably not going to ever see a, a Bears stack. Remember, a stack is a quarterback, a receiver, and a running back from the same game. So you probably will never ever see that kind of stuff in these three field or single entry tournaments. They're played a little bit more closer to cash where you're trying to just diversify and be safe. Uh, we're going to take a short break here and we'll kind of wrap it up here and maybe touch on a little bit more on some DFS. All right, we're back here. We'll talk a little bit more DFS and we'll kind of wrap it up a little bit. But, um, you know, so you want to be careful in these context selections. That's why I, contest selections. That's why I say look for these bigger tournaments with three entry max, with. Uh, 
with guaranteed prize pools. So just be careful of, you know, what you're entering. Be mindful of that kind of stuff. It's not worth, you know, blowing your budget. It's to have fun as well. But just remember, it's not fun losing all of your money. That is the worst. Losing all your money in any particular week is the absolute worst. So you just have to be careful of that kind of situation. Remember, it's about having fun and just being smart. And this contest selection is very key. All right. So if you've got $100 to spend, I don't recommend going into one lineup, single entry, $100 tournament. No, spread that out. Play 25 head-to-heads. Play a couple of 50-50s and throw it into the Millionaire Maker. You know, throw that kind of stuff into there. DFS is a lot more fun and rewarding if you are willing to put in the time and energy to understand, you know, concepts of the game and actually sit down and watch the game a little bit. It's very important that you understand that kind of stuff. I could talk about DFS forever. I, I love DFS. It is by far my favorite thing to do. But at the same time, it is very, very stressful if you don't understand what you're doing and it's easy to get frustrated if you don't understand contest selection and why does this work and why does that not work. But that's what I'm here for. Uh, we can talk about it. You can certainly text me or email me or even hit me up on Twitter. But, I mean, it's just I cannot stress enough. Do your research. Pick the right contest. Start with cash in, especially in the NFL because there's a lot of people out there like myself, that lets their egos kind of dictate, like, oh, nobody's going to be able to beat me. I know more about football than you. You don't. There's always somebody that knows more than you, no matter what. And I know that's hard for me to say, but it's true. Somebody always knows more than you do. So just be mindful on that kind of stuff when you're playing DFS. You're not always going to win every week. Some weeks you'll make money. Some weeks you'll lose a little bit. Some weeks, some weeks you'll lose a lot of it. Just keep your head Trust your process, trust the savage process, and everything is going to work itself out. So once again, just to recap really quick, we talked free agencies. We spent a lot of time on DFS tonight. Um, if I can help you guys out in any sort, any sort of way, let me know because it is my favorite thing to talk about other than myself, of course. So if you want to talk DFS or you want to talk seasonal, I'm here for you. Once again, hit me up on Twitter at the Levi Surf. Good night wherever you are, and I am out. Cause I got a really big team, and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with.